There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. For our new listeners, welcome. For our old listeners, welcome back. Another episode of Magical Education awaits you. But first, we would like to say a few words. Nitwit, oddment, blubber, tweak. Podcast nine and three quarters topic of the week is Are Wizards and Muggles Different Species? Hi listeners, I'm Jem, and today I'm arguing that yes, wizards and muggles are different species. And I'm Rhea, and this week I'm arguing wizards and muggles are the same species. Okay, can I just say, before we get into the debate, I wanted to gush about something that I experienced last night, which I think will interest you and the listeners. Intriguing, go ahead. Okay, as a late birthday present to me, I went to the Brisbane Symphony Orchestra presenting the chamber of secrets live last night so what happened we went to the brisbane symphony at the the convention center in brisbane and they had the chamber of secrets movie playing on a big screen and underneath them was the actual symphony orchestra playing john williams score while the movie was playing oh that's so cool i know like i'd I'd heard about this happening in other countries and i think last year they did the uh, philosopher's stone and so i'd wanted to go and then it was like a present to me so I was like overwhelmed (laughs) and it was just really like I don't know what I was expecting like oh this would be really cool but no it was so good like I really enjoyed it they encouraged participation like the conductor okay so I will say there was one disappointing factor (laughs) for the night the fact that okay so a conductor right conductor stands at the front of the orchestra with a long wooden stick in his hand, waving it around and producing music and sound, right? Like a wand, one might say. I see the problem. So I instantly assumed that he would come out in robes or a wizard's hat or something, because obviously he's looking and acting like a wizard. (laughs) But no, he just came out in regular clothing. And I'm like, this is slightly disappointing, but still amazing. Um, Well, (laughs) maybe he's like a professional and he takes his conducting very seriously. (laughs) Maybe so. He doesn't want to dress like a wizard. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I was dressed like nicely. I, I, I thought maybe I could put robes on, but I'm like, I don't know what kind of tone it would be. But no, people showed up in robes or their scarves or like their wizard garb, which was cool. Mm. So yeah, he got out and he's like, look, we encourage participation. If your favorite character's on the screen, give them a yell, give them a cheer. If someone does something horrible, like boo or hiss them. And at the beginning we had like a cheer off to see how many different houses were represented and Slytherin came last and there was a lot of booze in the crowd what I know I was like um bitch I was I was cheering Uh, because of course I am in Slytherin I think that the most widely represented was probably Hufflepuff and that's usually a standard there's a lot of Hufflepuffs out there yeah because Hufflepuffs take everyone that's why so there's always gonna be more Hufflepuffs well I like to think that there are just a lot of nice people in the world but okay Rhea okay (laughs) Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I I don't think that. But I am very disappointed that they booed Slytherin. I know. Why are people so mean to Slytherins? <laughs> Leave us alone. I was like, wow, Um, I came out to have a good time and I'm feeling so attacked. Anyway, like, do people realize that the real life people who identify as Slytherins didn't actually, like, do any sort of dark magic? Because <laughs> we're not the characters from the books. We're just ambitious people. <laughs> yeah, I know. So anyway, as the movie went on, like, it was really such a good vibe. Everyone was cheering for their favorite parts. Like, when Dobby first appeared on screen, there was, like, a big cheer. And I, when Snape first came on screen, I was like, boo, boo. But um, everyone else was cheering. And I thought that was pretty hypocritical that they were booing real life Slytherins, but cheering on the worst Slytherin. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um... Fucking, <laughs> honestly, if I was in Slytherin, I would bully everyone else. <laughs> This kind of hypocritical garbage. There was mixed booze and cheers for Malfoy. Mm-hmm. 
And there was just like certain lines where everyone cheered, like when Hermione was like, well, at least no one on the Gryffindor Quidditch team had to buy their way in and things like that. They got in on pure talent. Oh, she's so good. You know, that last line is my favorite line from the Chamber of Secrets. When Lucius Malfoy is like, well, let's always hope that Potter will be around to save the day. And Harry responds, don't worry, I will be. I was like, and started up a clap and everyone was like, (laughs) just fucking wrecked. That is honestly one of the most iconic lines of the entire Harry Potter movie series. Yeah, and Daniel improvised it. I know. What a good boy. I know. So yeah, the moral of the story is that if you wanted to go to one of those things, if there's a screening or a performance like that near you, by all means do it. I really had a bit of a sentimental moment because I realized that the last time I'd seen The Chamber of Secrets in a big crowd was when I saw it in cinema for the first time when I was five. And I think that's like the first memory that I have of experiencing Harry Potter. Because I know that, of course, I'd had the first book and the second book read to me before that time, but I can't remember seeing the first movie in cinema. I can't remember those books being read to me very well. But my first like initial memory of Harry Potter is, I think, seeing The Chamber of Secrets in cinema. Because I remember I loved the Basilisk. Like, I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, you're a snake-obsessed little child. Wait a minute. You were five when Chamber of Secrets was in cinemas? It came out on November 2002, so I was five. God, that is madness. I know. You you would have been, like, barely even in kindergarten. Yeah, I would have just started kindergarten that year. Oh, that is crazy. Yeah, and... It, that, what, that, that you would have had to have been even younger when the first Harry Potter came I out. I know. What about when I was reading you the book? How young were you? Were you a baby? I, I would have been three, maybe? God, that. Oh, sorry. I'm just like shocked by the passage of time and the fact that I've known you your entire life. These things are very confusing to me. Yeah, like I said, like that's why I can't really remember that far back because I was just so young. It's not that it wasn't monumental to me, it's just I was a child. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Mm. Oh, you have always had Harry Potter in your life. I have. Ever since you were such a baby. I know. That's incredible. What a lucky girl. And I just want to finish on one last note. I thought that I knew the Chamber of Secrets movie really well. I think out of all the movies, it's the one that I've watched the most often. But this time I watched it with subtitles. Because, of course, if the orchestra's playing, it might be a bit hard to hear some of the some of the things that's going on. So they had subtitles. And I realized, you know the Cornish Pixie scene where Gilderoy Lockhart releases the Cornish Pixies? Yeah, I know it well. The Cornish Pixies, they jabber it to themselves, like, in high-pitched voices. And I thought it was just nonsense, like, gibberish. But it's actual lines. And they say things like, he's um, fat like your mother's Cornish pasties or something. And it's like, what's <laughs> go- I'm like, who said that? And then, it, like, I noticed it's the Pixies saying this. And I'm like, what's going on? And I've got to actually find the script because I've I got to figure out what they're saying. That is incredible. <laughs> what a revelation. I know. I'm like, I didn't think I could learn anything new about the Chamber of Secrets, and I was a fool. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, one of my favourite things about doing this podcast so far has been all the fun little Harry Potter things I'm discovering just in our research for the episodes. Yeah. I thought, like, yeah. (laughs) I guess we're not experts on Harry Potter, even though we are establishing ourselves as, you know, voices of authority. But I know the series very well. And I always think, oh yeah, oh yeah, you know, can Harry shoot Voldemort? I've got a pretty good idea of why that's not the case. Mm. But then I actually go and start researching it, and I just stumble across all of this information that I'd never heard before. Yeah, it's it's incredible to me. It's so much fun. I'm so glad we're doing this. I know. I'm having a great time. Okay, so do you think we should get started on the topic? Yes. Just quick final thing, that symphony orchestra thing sounds amazing, and I'm going to see if they're coming to Melbourne at all, because that sounds really cool. I imagine they would. Melbourne's the artsy city. Yeah. I've got (laughs) a feeling they are, but I just don't know. Mm. Okay. Time to pull up my actual episode notes. Okay. So, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them established definitively that wizards and muggles have different physiologies. So there's that scene where Newt's commander and his muggle friend, whose name I've forgotten because <laughs> he's just a muggle, so why would I remember? It's uh, Jacob. Jacob, right. Of course. So Newt and Jacob are going hunting for the big, horrifying, glowing hippopotamus or whatever that fucking animal was that they have to hunt down in the zoo. The, um, it's the, it's the uh, thing, a rumpet. A rumpet. Yeah. I think that's the only... <laughs> 
creature from that movie that I don't know the name of off the top of my head because I didn't recognize <laughs> it. Anyway, yeah, Newt's like, here's all this armor that you have to wear. And Jacob's like, why don't you have to wear any armor? And he's like, oh, because I'm a wizard. I'm real magical and tough and strong. Mm. And that's something that fans have theorized for a long time, that wizards can take more physical damage than muggles. Yeah. And we also know definitively that wizards live much longer than muggles, like at least 50 years longer than the average muggle. Yeah. So for a long time, there's been this theory that, well, maybe wizards and muggles are actually a different species. And now that's kind of been canonized. Yeah. So what we're left with is having to figure out, are they really a different species or do they just sort of have some kind of physical difference which can be explained away in other ways? Okay. I'd like to begin just building off what you mentioned with Fantastic Beasts. Newt definitively says that wizards and muggles share different physiologies, that they're slightly different. And that's in two instances, one that you mentioned where he pads them up with armor, and two in which Jacob is bitten by the Mertlap. Yeah, that's right. And Newt says that he's particularly susceptible to this sort of thing, and wizards are more resilient to it. Mm -hmm. And so that got me thinking that maybe it's a matter of susceptibility that wizards are not so much susceptible to physical damage. So if they got in a car crash, like if they got in a car crash, they'd probably survive. And that's why Hagrid, when he heard that James and Lily had died in a car crash, according to Petunia and uh, Vernon, was sort of like, James and Lily Potter died in a car crash. Like that's just, besides that being a bold-faced lie, that is just an incredulous falsity but i can't believe i couldn't think of the word to say lie anyway um (laughs) incredulous falsity (laughs) i like that turn of phrase incredulous falsity that's pretty good okay whereas wizards might be more susceptible to diseases like dragon pox and vanishing sickness and things like that yeah do muggles ever catch dragon pox i mean as far as we know not (laughs) (laughs) not (laughs) not Oh, there's a future episode here, but oh, that's so strange. Maybe my logic is, without any sort of prior research, is that dragon pox is a magical disease and only affects magical creatures. Yeah. Because that's, again, one of my theories. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. So it's a disease that's, like, rooted in your magic. Yeah. I guess. All right. Yeah, we'll talk about this later, but... Yeah. I'm assuming it affects dragons. (laughs) Well, I don't know. Does chicken pox affect chickens? It comes from chickens, right? Does it? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I just made myself sound like a massive idiot. <laughs> uh, of course chickens get chicken pox real. What the hell are you saying? We should have talked to our parents about this, seeing as they are actual nurses <laughs> and would probably know yeah. this information. <laughs> probably. We, well, we're not doing an episode on dragon pox. We've just stumbled into this area somehow. Yeah, Um. so I'd just also like to point out that there are physical differences between wizards and muggles as well. For example, Madame Hooch has yellow eyes and like, that's just not a normal thing that happens. <laughs> um, Isn't it? No. Yeah, pe- can't people have yellow eyes? No. Fact check this for me, but I'm pretty sure they can't. Yeah. I'm looking for yellow eyes people. Oh yeah. People can have like amber colored eyes. Amber, but not like yellow. Well, there's always variations of things. Uh, I don't know. I think that's a bit of a stretch. Okay. I Well, I think your point's a bit of a stretch, that there are different species because she's got an unusual eye colour shade. Well, let me just get to the other, uh, the other thing then, which you already mentioned, the lifespan of wizards. Yeah. So in the 1990s, according to the Ministry of Divine Health, and let's just take in that name for a second, Divine Health. Ministry of Divine Health. Like, they're calling wizards divine, which I find is very interesting. That is interesting. Okay. They said that the average life expectancy reached for wizards in the mid-1990s was 137 and three-quarter years. So yeah, that is about 50 years longer than the average muggle. And that the oldest wizard on record at that time was 755 in 91. So that would have been Nicholas Flamel. But he was using the elixir. Oh, right. I was like, 700? What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> he was using the elixir of life, so doesn't count. Yeah, of course. That makes sense. But like, that was just such a strange sentence. Like, oh yeah, like most muggles live to be like 80, but our oldest one's like 400 <laughs> and something. What? <laughs> that doesn't... How? <laughs> because magic. That's how. Of course. Yeah. So I always assumed that wizards live to 200. I don't know why. 
I don't know either. I think it's because Dumbledore was like 150, but he was still, you know, running around and in charge of a school. Mm. Like that would be like if someone who was in their late 90s was still working, which I know old people like can still function. Yeah. But like I'm trying to imagine someone who's older than our grandma being in charge of managing hundreds and hundreds of teenagers mm. and also all the other crap that Dumbledore does. And I'm like, God, he's so much older than I thought. Yeah. I knew he was old, but I thought it was equivalent to like 60s, 70s. Now, is Dumbledore like 150? Is that how old he is? Yeah, I thought he was 150. That's the age I've always remembered from his um, Chocolate Frog Wizarding card. Really? I didn't think it was that old. Oh, God, this is just the episode of... Rhea and Jem claim to know things about Harry Potter, but don't remember the basic facts. <laughs> if I see a number, I tune out, okay? <laughs> That's fair enough. Numbers are full of evil, and they shouldn't be in your brain. Only words in your brain. All the numbers, <laughs> sweep those out. Don't need them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I've got for that point. Have you got a point to go on from there? Yeah, well, I want to respond to what you said about Hagrid. I didn't say anything about Hagrid. <laughs> yeah, you did. Did I? And you were like, a car crash? A car crash killed Lily and James Potter? Yeah, that's right. Sorry. I have seen people use that scene before as justification for wizards and muggles being different species. And, like, honestly, at this point, I don't know why I'm arguing, because it is, it's clear that they are physically different from each other. But I always interpreted Hagrid getting so upset over a car crash killing Lily and James Potter. Yeah. Because they were war heroes. Yeah. And they martyred themselves. They sacrificed their lives for Harry, who then defeated Voldemort. Like, it's just incredibly yeah. insulting that Harry, the boy who lived, would be told that his parents died as a result of some random accident, not because of yeah. their genuine bravery and heroism. Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree. That's why I said, like, besides the fact that it is a bold-faced lie and... Like, yeah, I was implying that, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. I don't think Hagrid was particularly offended by the idea that James and Lily Potter died in a car crash because wizards are immune to car crashes. Mm. It's just because they are James and Lily, not, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Wizard from down the road. Yeah. Also, building on that, how wizards might be immune to car crashes, it brings into question, yeah. like, you know how much Harry's life was put at risk, like, just in his years at Hogwarts. So, like, there was when his arm got broken and all the bones were removed, another time in Quidditch when his skull was fractured and when he fell from, like, hundreds, oh hundreds and hundreds of feet and he just bounced right back up again within a few days, mostly because of magical healing, but also I think wizards can just really take a hit. That seems very reasonable with what we have seen in the books and movies. As you've said, there is magical healing, but it sort of explains some of the wizards' like, I guess, lackadaisical approach to health and safety. Mm-hmm. We're just like, yeah, whatever. We'll just let all these untrained wizards and witches run around in this incredibly dangerous death trap of a school <laughs> because it's fine. Like, they they're not going to get hurt. Even if they do get hurt, it's fine. We can fix them in seconds. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah. All those moving staircases, if if they fall hundreds of feet, they'll be fine. (laughs) Well, apparently, (laughs) just the staircases themselves are more dangerous than anything we would see in any muggle school. (laughs) Just the staircases would be enough for Hogwarts to get closed down. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then there's also a forest full of nightmares. (laughs) Hogwarts is amazing. There's the poltergeist that throws, like, vases and shit at first years, and, like, they're just, like, they're ducking (laughs) and screaming, but they're never, like, taken away for injuries and care. They're just like, oh, they'll be be right. When Neville faints on the ground, it's like, oh, just leave him there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We definitely need to talk about wizards and their approach to healthcare because it raises a lot of serious questions. Yeah, bloody hell. But for now, I'm I'm happy to accept wizards are just physically tougher than muggles and mm. can take more damage. Yeah. Have got higher hit points. <laughs> I just want to say one thing because I know it's going to um, hit me soon. And the reason 
I chose to argue for is just because of the evidence about the physiology. But I understand the implications of me arguing that wizards and muggles are a different species because that can be used for justification for hating muggles and being like um, prejudiced to muggles because, oh, they're a different species, like they're completely alien to us. And that's the sort of mentality that's like been used to cause ethnic wars and all these sorts of things across the world. So, yeah, that's just um, the real downside to my argument here that I can see. And I just like to like picture that, yeah, wizards and muggles are different species, but that doesn't mean that they have to hate each other or be in conflict. Like, I can imagine a Star Trek sort of universe here where yeah. species live alongside each other. And if you want to fuck an alien, you can fuck an alien. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> yeah. And knowing you, I naturally assume that's where we're coming from. But I would like to point out that I did have here in my notes counter arguments. Just call Gemma blood purist and say that everything she says is wrong. <laughs> I knew it. That's one of my actual arguments that I had I written down. It. So you've counted me on that. <laughs> I can't just be like, oh, racism and just dismiss your entire argument. I knew you were going to do that. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because <laughs> it's the easiest way to argue against you. Okay, hit me. All right, so... I'm going to start in now. Although they may have different biologies, wizards and muggles must be the same species because otherwise crossbreeding wouldn't work. Disagree. That's my primary argument against this. Because crossbreeding is a thing in the magical universe. Think of Hagrid. Think of Fleur Delacour. Yeah. Oh, Fleur Delacour. Hagrid's dad. Hagrid's dad made it with a giant. Fleur Delacour's great-grandmother was a Vila. So... Crossbreeding's no big deal. Um, werewolf as well. Lupin and Tonks had a baby. I'm assuming a werewolf was slightly different species. I don't think so. A werewolf, just someone with a sickness. Okay. Well, anyway, velas and giants are no problem. So. Yeah, that you've already completely dismantled my entire argument. I just have nothing now. <laughs> From a scientific standpoint, you can't crossbreed two animals. Well, you can. You can have a mule, but then a mule can't have a baby. Yeah. And same with a geep. That's the thing. They can't have a baby either. But Fleur can have a baby. Mm. She has Victoria. That should be impossible. Mm. Because as you've said, in real life, in the muggle world, there are several animal species that are so closely related that you can interbreed them to create a new kind of animal. Like horses and donkeys can create a mule. Yeah. But that mule is then always infertile. You yeah. can't breed two mules to create more. They just... They, they can't have kids. Yeah. Because that's the price of crossing species, I guess. Mm. But in the wizarding world, that's just completely null and void. They can do that. Yeah. Huh. I've, I completely forgot about Fleur, and Fleur by herself dismantles my entire argument. Because the second part of my argument was, if wizards and muggles are different species, then it should work differently than how it does in the books. Mm. So... I'm just basing this all on animals. When species are interbred in real life, the offspring is a hybrid of both parents. Yeah. So when you breed lions and tigers together, you don't get a litter of like half lions and half tigers. Yeah. You get each child is either like a lion, not not a lion. Each species is either like a liar or a tigon. Like, you know what I mean? It's a liger, right? Liger. Yeah. Liger or tigon. Yeah. That's right. I like liar better. I think that's cool. <laughs> liger makes more sense, though. Mm. Anyway, yeah, so the babies, like, take half of the traits from each parent and they create a new individual thing. But what we see of the half-bloods in the story is that they aren't half-wizard, half-muggle, unless you want to believe certain racist members of society. Mm. They, the children, they're either a wizard or they're a muggle. So they're one or the other. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not how crossbreeding should work, which implies they're not a different species. Mm. That's it. That's my entire argument. That is everything I have on this topic. I mean, I think it couldn't still imply that they are a different species, but just the way that species works in the Harry Potter universe is different to how it works in our universe, in, our, in the real world. Because one of my arguments for like, so you've com completely run out of arguments, you've got nothing else? I have a couple of other just general points, but that was my only properly outlined argument. And I can't believe you just you just dismissed it in one sentence. I'm like, oh god. Alright, I do not know enough about science to have anything else, really. <laughs> Why did we choose this topic? Yeah, I mean, I just thought it was interesting. I did like a half-hearted sort of search about 
crossbreeding species and stuff, but like, um, yeah, I'm not scientifically minded, so maybe there is a loophole somewhere in the natural world. I don't know. Anyway, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to bring up the origins of wizards, and I did a bit of research on this, and it says that the origins are unknown, that they could be natural or man-made. Man-made. I know, right? Let me get to it. Then there's a theory that Muggleborns are descended from squibs, or are they entirely new wizards? So that, like, that's the theory that yeah. Muggleborns have to have some sort of magical member back in their bloodline, even if it's generations ago. And like, yeah, mm, I don't know. <laughs> Well, that's the um, magical gene theory, which is, I think, what JK has officially said is the case. Yeah. Where, um, yeah, muggles and wizards are not a different species, but there is a certain gene in the human race which allows people to access and use magic. Yeah. And wizards are the people who have inherited that gene, muggles are the people who haven't. Yeah. So... In order for there to be a muggle-born, they have to have an ancestor somewhere in their history who possessed that gene, which would imply that they are the offspring of a squib because that squib's parents would have had the magical gene for the muggle-born to eventually inherit. Yeah. Um, So I had two sort of theories of my own opinions about what wizards actually are and how they might be different from muggles. My favourite topic, what are wizards? Yeah. My first opinion here is that wizards are a magical creature. They're not actually humans. Mm. They are a magical creature. And, like, I'm just thinking because I know I was raised in all sorts of, like, Irish folklore and stuff like that with, like, the fae and the the, um, people from the other realm. And so wizards sort of have similar characteristics to that in that they have magic. They exist in a different world, which is like our own, but sort of, like, parallel or underneath it or alongside it they are tricky little pliders that they like to p- play pranks on hu- on humans and like th- things like that but also yeah of, of course fairies exist in the magical world but i'm just sort of the idea of the fae and how they are a separate creature to us makes sense to me in talking about wizards too then so i just thought maybe wizards are like a different magical creature they're not necessarily fae they're just a- another magical creature well, the Fae sort of lines up perfectly yeah. with wizards. I've never considered that before because naturally the, the concept of the Fae is quite different from the modern idea of the fairy, which is more like a Tinkerbell type creature. Yeah. The Fae are more like, sinister, I guess, Loki crossed with the elves from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they're not beautiful, nice harp strumming. That's more like an angel. They're not like uh, <laughs> uh, quaint little uh, pixies that live on toadstools no they're fairly uh terrifying but we do yeah in the wizarding world we do have the quaint little mm. pixies and fairies that sit on toadstools they're more like insects than yeah anything else so oh that is fascinating wizards are the fae not necessarily the fae but just a magical creature maybe throughout history they were interpreted like the fae mm-hmm. or seen as as like similar like stories about fae were really about wizards no yeah i think that that's a pretty solid explanation for all of this nonsense that wizards are actually a separate creature and that's why they can see things that muggles don't because that's the whole argument about muggles that's why they're called muggles because they see they can't see things that are right in front of their eye it's just because they're not part of that world their blood doesn't belong in the magical realm whereas the wizards and witches they are from the magical realm Mm, they're a different species i'm happy to accept all of that basically just because it's so cool yeah the one last thing that I will say is, imagine if Dumbledore had, like, snatched Dudley and put Harry in his place, and then Harry would be, like, a changeling child. How good is that? Yeah, again, with changelings, I was thinking maybe that was how they explained Muggleborns back in the day. Yeah. I was going to say, if wizards and muggles are a different species, then how do you reconcile Muggleborns and squibs? But no, it's just changelings. Squibs would be the muggle child brought over from the muggle world into the magical world. And changelings would be muggleborns in the non-magical world. Okay, so in the modern setting, you're saying that at some point a witch and wizard swapped their baby with Mr. and Mrs. Granger, and that's how we got Hermione? <laughs> no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that's how muggles would have seen it. Yeah. That's how they would have explained it way back in the days of yore. So Joe jo Blow and Sheila Muggle have a little kid, Grommy, and Grommy... <laughs> 
starts showing all these magical abilities and seems really different from them, they're just like, oi, nah, he's a changeling. Like, that's the only explanation. That's how they would explain it way back. But no, I think it's just they are different species. They don't actually change children. They just interbreed with muggles and have muggle-borns or half-bloods, etc. Oi, nah, Sheila. I think Gromy's a changeling, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and also I'd just like to add, I really like this theory that they are a different species because it makes more sense to me than my second option. My second opinion here is that wizards were human until... Until the Fire Nation attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Until there was an accident. So something, some sort of accident. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Actually, my first initial thought was maybe way back in ancient times, they were doing some sort of weird, I'm thinking of like alchemists, how they did weird experiments to try and turn things into gold. And maybe they did an accident where wizards came out of that. Yeah. I don't know, but I don't like that that theory. I was thinking like a magical spider bit someone and then he got magic powers. <laughs> Who knows? He became like, magic Spider-Man. <laughs> Acromantula man. <laughs> um, <laughs> Acromantula. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> oh, Mantula. That's yeah. so good. <laughs> Terrifying. So, but I don't like that theory because that to me seems like it, ha- it could only happen in one place at one time. And so then how would that have mm-hmm. spread to a worldwide wizard yeah. base? Yeah, that just, just seems unlikely to me. And I, and I always picture that wizards are everywhere in the world. Yeah. We know they are. We know that sort of everywhere there's humans there's a secret population of Mm. wizards but it could have been explained that oh yeah wizards started in one country and then over the years they traveled but i don't think that that's true i think that like as long as there have been humans there have been wizards yeah that would only be realistic if you were talking like wizards started in one place and spread in the same way that the human race started in one place and spread yeah that's the only way i could accept that but no if it was like okay let's say it's ancient greece times so socrates is kicking around and then some philosophers do a weird alchemaic experiment and then wizards are born so wizards start in ancient greece and then spread out from there i don't like that because by that point yeah. pangea and has already happened so the americas australia and a lot of like islands in asia and the the pacific won't have wizards unless they get boats and travel around which is just i think that's racist (laughs) i think that's not right it's racist and it's a deeply deeply upsetting way to interpret the history of the human race it is so yeah i think we're both happy to be like no that's not the case okay so my next thought was along a similar line that there was a ritual some sort of way that the first humans again i'm going back to the first humans like cradle of africa sort of thing the first humans tried to make contact with the magical world or the other world. And so some sort of weird, I'm thinking like some sort of weird orgy happened and then wizards came along. These are sounding like demon summoning rituals or like wizards are some kind of alien race that interacted with muggles early on. Yeah. And again, the next things I have follow along similar veins that wizards were human until there was some sort of experiment or some sort of tragedy. Like, are wizards actually a curse and not a blessing? Because, you know, there's there's the whole magic is might thing, you know, when the ministry was all racist and they were like, oh, wizards are just better than muggles. But what if in the way back in the beginning, wizards were a curse and like they were a mistake, a freak of nature, maybe? I don't know. I'm just thinking. Yeah. The curse seems more likely than the bless- mm. blessing theory to me because there are so few wizards. They're so dumb and slow and backwards yeah they're always like oh how do muggles cope without magic and it's like how are wizards even alive (laughs) maybe the only reason is because you're fucking indestructible (laughs) it's the only reason that you've kept stumbling around through life yeah and that really reinforces to me what you just said that wizards and muggles are different species because what you just said about wizards being dumb and slow that's how wizards describe muggles that muggles are Mm. naturally just not as imaginative, not as accepting or um, intelligent as wizards. And I think that maybe they see that as a species difference. But we see that in the muggle world with people of different races. Yeah, I know. I think it's... That's just classic racism. It is. It's just racism. Because, like, how would they know? Because they've sheltered their worlds and their lives from muggles mm. for centuries and centuries. So of course they're oblivious. Why wouldn't they be? Like, you know, any little leak of magical influence into the 
muggle world or muggle society is instantly fucking obliviated by the wizards for the most part. So of course muggles are clueless and muggles are seen as dumb because they haven't been allowed to enter the wizarding world really. And like the last time wizards and muggles lived alongside each other was I'm assuming like the middle ages, 10th century, like around that time. Yeah. And there was a lot of intense religious dogma around that time. So any sort of deviation from the norm, which was like a Catholic Christian traditional Protestant Christian tradition was seen as not only like unholy, but just unsafe because of the system that people lived in. Like, it was just any sort of stranger was unwelcome because they could be bringing who knows fucking what. They could be bringing soldiers or plague. Like, people were just very untrustworthy of each other in general. So you can't really expect... Yeah. You you can't hold those same standards to muggles now as they were back in the Middle Ages. Muggles were dumb back in the Middle Ages. (laughs) We all were. It was a time when no one was bathing. They were scared, untrustworthy folk. That's just how it was. Mm. Mm. Oh, this is interesting. You have such a thorough grasp of like history and i really don't human society worldwide i'm just sitting here like yeah so like lions and tigers (laughs) and bears oh my (laughs) i don't really have a grasp of history i just i'm all this stuff about the middle ages i'm guessing because i never really did much ancient history i did a bit of modern history i thought you were about to say i never really lived in the middle ages (laughs) That too, I have never lived there. Like, that's the thing with history. We can't really assume anything. History is just a fucking guess. Like, come on, historians. Yeah. Like, it's not an accurate, credible, 100% truth what you're, what you're spouting. It's just a guess. And we can't actually know. No. And good historians admit that. The fact that yeah. we don't actually know anything about history. <laughs> We're just guessing. It's all interpretation. Okay, I'm trying... I feel like this is... The way the conversation is flowing, it should now be my turn to talk and present <laughs> theories. But, um... <laughs> All I have, all the only other, well, I've got two other things, kind of, but I've only got a sentence for each one. Mm-hmm. What I mentioned briefly earlier is the theory that there is a magic gene. Yeah. So, like, the gene for being blonde or the gene for being tall or whatever, there's a gene that makes you a wizard <laughs> able to use magic. Yes. I, I honestly, I don't have an argument for this because to me that just seems so clear. Like, yeah. How, how can you argue that wizards and muggles are a separate species when obviously they're not? They're just the same, but some of them have a different kind of gene. Like, that's so obvious to me that I, I can't argue for it because I don't know how to argue against it. Like, you're doing a really good job, but I'm just sort of like, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I honestly, I think that the most viable theories that we've heard today is your magical gene theory. And then the different, that they are entirely different species. And like, I could accept either of those in a second. I think the magical gene theory, I really like that because yeah. in my head, that really grounds wizards with muggles. So all that prejudice bullshit and that blood purist bullshit is bullshit. Like they have no grounds to argue for it. Because literally they are the same. It's just one gene that's different. But then, yeah, I don't know, I'm thinking of X-Men here. That's the biggest like parallel I can draw to. Yeah, X-Men's a good parallel in this situation. They have the mutation, right? So are they a different species or are they just humans with a mutation? They are humans with a mutation because that's how mutation works. Okay. Okay. So that's what you're arguing for wizards, basically. They're just humans but with an extra gene yeah basically i'm arguing that harry potter is an (laughs) x-man nice (laughs) well would he be a d-man for dumbledore (laughs) d-man no despite the fact that that poor misguided boy is dumbledore's man through and through he would not be a (laughs) d-man Let's do an episode on the similarities between Charles Xavier's school for extraordinary youth or whatever his fucking school is called. Gifted children. And Hogwarts, because (laughs) there's a lot of similarities. There is. Hmm. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of something to negate that. I can't off the top of my head. Well, as I've said, I think it is the official canonical explanation, so... It is. Yeah. Yeah. There is also apparently someone... A Harry Potter fan who is, like, actually a geneticist or some kind of science dude. Nice. Sat down and figured out how a magical gene would work. How the trait of magicness could be passed on and dispersed through a species and how it would work. And he said that it's fine. It all fits and it works. I 
clearly did not look us up or research it at all. That would have been a smart thing to do, but I literally just remembered it like two seconds ago, and that's everything that I remember about it. <laughs> that's all, folks. So, yeah, I've, I've really I've fallen apart this episode. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying, what I'm doing. Just wait to next episode, gang. That's going to be my time to shine. <laughs> Maybe we can find a link to that and put it in the bio or something. That would be really cool. Because, like, because I, I think science is dope. Like, I wish I was really into science so that I could explain these cool things about, like, interbreeding and, and genomes and stuff. But I'm not a sciencey person. I look at that stuff and I'm like, this is, sounds really cool and interesting, but I just don't understand what you're saying to me. <laughs> like, I like when NASA tweets things. I'm like, yeah, that's so good. But <laughs> about ninth grade science is when my brain just checked out. Yeah, I have no idea. So... If you think that muggles and wizards are different species, what are the traits of the different species? What's the differences between them? Okay, so firstly we have the physiological differences. Wizards live longer. Wizards are physically stronger. Wizards are more susceptible to magical diseases and ailments. So dragon pox, vanishing sickness. I imagine things like spatagoit as well, whatever the hell that is. Yeah. Things, maybe like pixie bites and stuff, they might be more susceptible to that, whereas muggles might just be completely resilient. Again, I don't really have much evidence of this. Wizards are able to, like, wizards literally have magic in their blood and DNA, and that's how they can channel that through a vessel or a wand or just with their own hands. Wizards can sense magic. So, like, how Albus goes into that cave that Voldemort set up all the dark magic, and he's like, yes, magic has happened here years and years ago to that those two orphan kids like they can sense magic and feel it they see things that muggles can't because of magic so they see like the leaky cauldron on the london street etc from old place also there's the argument that muggles have souls sorry that wizards have souls and muggles don't okay let's put a pin in that i was just sort of listening with my ears and everything that you just said can be explained by wizards and muggles not being a different species yeah they can so physiological differences is because they have different genetics um i've already forgotten the second thing that you said so have i fuck why wasn't i making notes as you were talking the susceptibility to illnesses yes the susceptibility to illnesses would be because they live in a different community and therefore they have a different kind of herd immunity mm. basically the fact that wizards are more susceptible to things like pixie venom and stuff or more resilient to things like pixie venom Muggles would be the ones who are super susceptible. No. That would be because of exposure, I guess. I, I'm arguing the opposite. What do you mean? I'm arguing that if a muggle was bitten by a pixie, it wouldn't affect them. Or maybe it would. I don't know. But th that's the opposite of what we see in Fantastic Beasts. Yeah, so. It's not a pixie. It's some kind of Mertlap. death thing. But yeah. it's, ven it's venom gets into Jacob and then he's hurt. That's right. Sorry, I got that wrong. Yeah. So that would be because of exposure because wizards live amongst magical creatures and have for centuries, whereas muggles have been separated from them. Mm. Muggles don't see things like the Leaky Cauldron because the Leaky Cauldron has spells on it, like muggle-repelling charms and hiding spells, cloaking devices, I guess. Yeah. Dumbledore is able to sense the magic in the cave, not because of some innate ability, because otherwise Harry would be able to sense the magic as well, Dumbledore is like a scholar. He's been taught how to see the traces of magic, and he's achieved that through years of study. Okay, fair enough. So, counter, they're not a different species. How about that? <laughs> yeah, let's go into they don't have souls. That's your second blood purist argument of the day. <laughs> okay, I'm not a blood purist, Jesus. All right. <laughs> so, is there any evidence... I was going to say, is there any evidence of muggle ghosts or anything like that? But then I just remembered in the fourth book when Harry does the Priore Incantatum and who comes out of Voldemort's wand but Frank the Muggle, the guy, I forget his last name, the caretaker. But was that wasn't a ghost, that was an echo of life force. So it wasn't a soul. But the fact that a part of Frank lived on after his death is in and of itself proof that he has a soul yeah his soul didn't remain on the earthly plane as a ghost but it still exists because harry is able to contact it and speak to it after his death because if it was if it was just some kind of echo of his living self it would be things like oh i'm scared a snake is biting me or whatever the fuck he was thinking in his final moments but instead he's like that person killed me harry you need to get him or whatever i haven't read this scene in forever 
but he displays knowledge that he would only have gained after his death. Yeah, he said, like, get him, boy, or something like that. So he was, yeah, I just completely negated my own argument. And how also Dementors affect muggles, but they don't see them or interact with them, but they still affect them, so they must have souls. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. So muggles have souls. Fix that riddle. Muggles have souls, but do they have an afterlife like wizards do? Do they have access to that? Because we know that wizards can become ghosts and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but we don't see any muggle ghosts or know of any muggle ghosts. And according to Nearly Headless Nick, muggles don't have the option to become ghosts. Yeah, which is really dodgy. Like, we don't know that he's an authority on the subject. He is a ghost, but he's not, like, the president of ghosts or whatever, so maybe he's wrong. Yeah. So, that's all I've got. (laughs) Yep. We've had a fun conversation, but I feel like neither of us have a solid argument. We just have different things that we're saying. Yeah. So are muggles and wizards different species? This remain unsolved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't have any conclusion. I'm still quite firmly of the opinion that they are not a different species, although I love your wizards are the fae theory. That's amazing. I mean, I, just from my own like personal standpoint, I think that the magical gene makes the most sense. However, in my own head, I like to imagine that they are a separate different species. That makes just as much sense to me. The only thing where I think that doesn't make as much sense is Muggleborns and Squibs. How do you explain Muggleborns and Squibs if they're a different species? It's the same thing. You don't just randomly give birth to a child of a different species. Well, again, like the way that breeding and species works in the J.K. Rowling universe doesn't make sense in the way that we understand it. Like, you know, velas can mate with people and then even generations down the line, people are still half vela and have the effects of a vela. And same with Hagrid. I don't know how Hagrid was conceived. That's a whole other episode, but it can happen. Yeah. How does Hagrid exist is a mystery. Oh my God. Slight tangent on this, but finish making your point before I go into it. Basically, that is my point that the way that we understand species and breeding, how a horse and a donkey can have a mule, but then a mule can't have any more children from that. I think that that is completely null and void for the JK Rowling universe as a whole. So that includes wizards and muggles. That's reasonable, yeah. based on the text. Yeah. My Hagrid tangent. Have you seen the recent Tumblr post which has been going around about Hagrid's height? Mm-mm. Okay. So, as I've said, I was originally introduced to the Harry Potter series through the movies. I saw Philosopher's Stone as a kid, and then I read the first four books in one go. Yeah. And as a result, a lot of my perceptions of how things are in the Harry Potter universe were first informed by the books. So I saw Hagrid as played by Robbie Coltrane, and I've always imagined Hagrid in the books like a bit bigger than Robbie Coltrane because Robbie Coltrane is not half giant, he's just a big guy. Yes. So I've always imagined Hagrid as like maybe a a foot, two foot taller, maybe a bit like more broad, but still within the realms of what a normal human being would be. Like maybe he's like, you know, seven or eight feet tall. No. (laughs) No. He is 12 feet tall. Yeah. So someone on Tumblr actually made a two-scale model of Hagrid as twice as tall as a normal human, and then next to him, Harry, the average size 11-year-old child, barely comes up to his knees. Yeah. And I, without actually displaying the visual through the audio somehow, I can't explain how distressing that image (laughs) Of Hagrid, the huge, tall person, and Harry, barely, he barely comes up to his knees. That's shorter than a halfling. That's terrifying. Why is Hagrid so big? What the fuck? Uh, isn't Hagrid's feet described as the size of baby dolphins or something like that? Yes. So halfway through this post on Hagrid's height, somebody else jumped in and said, oh yeah, not only is he twice as tall as a regular person, he's also four times as broad. Mm-hmm. Which means that if you take Hagrid's height, lay him on his side and double that, that's how wide his shoulders are. Oh my god. And somebody made an image of that <laughs> hideous monster next to this 11-year-old child. And it's I've been thinking about this for days. It's so upsetting to me. Why is Hagrid like this? Just th- those scenes where Harry and Hagrid go to London on the train and Hagrid's there knitting and all that sort of stuff. It's very awesome. I love it. I think it's great that he's just so incredibly, insanely big. 
(laughs) it just it makes me so pleased in like this weird childish way I can't describe I think it was because I remember being really small as a kid and like Poppy and stuff because I always thought of Poppy as a bit like Hagrid oh yeah and Poppy was this really big man with big ears and all that sort of stuff our maternal grandfather is as close to Hagrid as you can get while being an actual human person. Yeah. And so I always took a lot of comfort in the, the idea of Hagrid as this really big, booming-voiced, geordie man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's got to be geordie because Poppy's geordie. Of course. You've brought this up before in the first book, Philosopher's Stone, how the troll goes into the girls' bathroom. Why is the door to the girls' bathroom like 12 feet tall? Maybe it's because Hagrid needs to get in there. Hagrid needs to get into the girls' bathroom? (laughs) Well, maybe they just have doors big enough for Hagrid to get in, in Hogwarts. Like, maybe all the doors are built like that. That... (laughs) And we just don't notice. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. The scene in... The first Harry Potter book, when Ron and Harry go looking for Hermione, and the troll is wandering down the corridor, and it sees a doorway, it looks in, it's like, yeah, good. And the troll is, like, 12 feet tall, and then it just ducks in through the doorway. Like, it has to duck slightly, but it just walks in. And Harry and Ron run up, and they have to leap up in the air, grab the door's handle, and then try and pull the door closed to trap the troll inside (laughs) in the bathroom where Hermione is. They don't know that at the time. So everything about that scene points to the fact that the doorway is, like, at least ten feet tall. Why? Why are the doors so big? (gasps) No, I had another thought. The girls' bathroom, right? What if it's the girls' bathroom that leads to the Chamber of Secrets, and so Salazar Slytherin builds it like that for the Basilisk to come out? Yeah, because this was going to be my other thing. If the doors are big enough for Hagrid, that implies either that the founders of Hogwarts made the doors huge somehow knowing that one day Hagrid would work there. No. Or that when Hagrid was accepted into the school, Dumbledore went around with a sledgehammer and smashed all the doorways bigger so that he'd be able to get in. No. The castle made itself accessible. Oh, I forget that Hogwarts is alive sometimes. Yeah, in my head, Hogwarts is is alive and a character. Mm. So if there's a student trying to get through the doors, I just imagine the castle would be like, oh, no problem, bruh. And just opens the door a bit wider, makes it a bit taller. Yeah. Or sometimes it's like, huh, fuck you. <laughs> and makes the door locked and the student can't get through. Yeah. It's a temperamental castle, but all the same, it could do it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. I imagine the castle does reshape itself as needed. Yeah. Yep. You've completely counted me. Or the basilisk theory, which I like as well. Yeah, the basilisk theory. That was what I was going to say. That doesn't make as much sense to me because then, again, either Slytherin Salazar has been like, Let's make all the doors 10 feet, 12 feet tall. And everyone was like, why, Salazar? And he's like, because I fucking said so. What do you mean? Or he's like, I just need this one door to this one bathroom to be really, really big. Yeah. And everyone was like, why? Why do you need the door to the girls' bathroom so huge? And he was like, get off my dick. I don't have to answer your questions. That's how I assume it went down. Or he, Salazar, (laughs) was in charge of the bathrooms and plumbing and dungeons because... Otherwise, how the hell would he have been able to make a a chamber of secrets and keep it secret without the other founders (laughs) realising? Yeah, he had to be in charge of the dungeons. I mean, that's where his common room was, so it would make sense. He's like, oh yeah, the dungeons, all the drains go down there and into the lake, so why don't I just take him to all the bathrooms too? And the other founders are like, cool, I don't want to do the bathrooms. No, but wait, we learnt that wizards didn't have bathrooms until like the 60s or something dumb, and they would just shit on the ground and then disappear the excrements. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> we are getting so off topic. Like, we've just... Completely. We've just grown bored of talking about wizards and muggles are different, and we're just wandering through the worlds of Harry Potter, which I've always wanted to do in an episode, but I've restricted myself from doing, because this is the result. <laughs> so, <laughs> in the Harry Potter, this is canon from JK. Less than a hundred years ago, like, something ridiculous, as you said, it was like the 60s or 70s, was when wizards discovered indoor plumbing (laughs) up until that point they did not have toilets oh my god they would literally be walking down the street (laughs) and then they would just like piss themselves (laughs) and then use a vanishing charm to get rid of the urine (laughs) that is staining their clothes in and dignity (laughs) and that is the worst thing i've ever learned about harry potter (laughs) i think that 
the funniest funniest thing about that though is that it's a vanishing charm and we know <laughs> that to vanish something it has to go somewhere else it doesn't just vanish right so where does it go where does it go <laughs> Pluto or something. No, what distresses me even more than, like, the theory of how matter can't be destroyed is the fact that a vanishing charm is quite a complicated spell. God. Wizards and witches don't really learn that until they're, like, 15, 16 years old. So what the fuck are they doing for their entire (laughs) life up until that point? Like, as a very young child, you can imagine their parents are vanishing all their excrement the oh same way that a muggle parent God. would change a child's diaper. But worst. when you're, like, 12 or whatever, you're like, hey, mom, I just shat myself. <laughs> can you fix this? <laughs> what about at Hogwarts? Do the do the staff have to just <laughs> clean all of this shit? Like, so what? It was... JK, why did you say this? <laughs> It was like a hundred or so years ago, right? Considering what we know about the wizards' lifespans, that is within living memory for like people like McGonagall and stuff like that. When Dumbledore was a kid. (laughs) I can't even imagine the trauma. Oh my god. And like, how the hell can these pure blood proud families possibly say that they're better? than muggles if they lived in this world and then they discovered this muggle contraption of indoor plumbing which by the way muggles have had around since like ancient rome or something ridiculous like the friggin indus river valley society had fucking indoor plumbing Mm -hmm. and (laughs) here are wizards claiming that they're better than muggles and they only just discovered a bidet like (laughs) 90 years ago or something ridiculous and it's just it's so much worse than that because it's it's indoor plumbing, right? The human race lived without indoor plumbing for a really long time, okay? And do you know what muggles did? <laughs> Not crap themselves. Yes. They dug a hole <laughs> and crafted that, okay? They- <laughs> Why? Why? Why can't wizards use outhouses if they can't get indoor plumbing? Oh my god, no. Why? The, we- the Weasleys at the borough. <laughs> Why did JK specifically say <laughs> they would use the bathroom was I think the term that they that she said in their pants and then vanish it. Why would you make that canon in your universe? What was her reasoning? I don't know. But the wizards the, the Weasleys at the burrow have an outhouse. They do. They do. Yeah. There's so many questions here. I think this is a whole... Yeah, we can go further into this topic, but let's stop it for now because I have several more points I would like to make. And yeah, this episode was over like 20 minutes ago. <laughs> like, we resolved it. No, well, we didn't resolve it. We just sort of said, yeah, wizards, smuggles, species, different, same, whatever. We don't really care. It's one or the other. <laughs> yeah. The point is not to be racist about it. That's the real point. Mm. You know, maybe they aren't different species. Maybe they are. Don't be a dick about it. You know, like chill, I'm an alien. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's wrap this episode up before we go even further into the rabbit hole. All right, guys, that's all for today. I've been Ria, the best and most beautiful host. No, I've been Jem, the better and more knowledgeable host with the better argument about the Fae and history. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for listening to podcast nine and three quarters. This show is written and edited by Ria and Jem. You can send us an email at nine and three quarters podcast at gmail.com or talk to us separately. Jem is on our Tumblr page, podcast nine and three quarters dot tumblr dot com, and I, Ria, am on my blog, prosetintedglasses.com. Please feel free to send theories or ask questions and bombard us with so many messages that we go mad and run away to a hut on a rock in the sea just to avoid them. Our logo art is by Winged Corgi. Find more of her art at wingedcorgi.tumblr.com. This week's intro music was The Ministry of Magic by Nicholas Hooper, and our outro music was Hedwig's Theme by John Williams. You'll hear from us again in two weeks. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. 
seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.